we're going to dismiss the kids. And I believe Shannon and uh, Naomi are going to be teaching our young people today. And so let me pray blessing God over. Father, we uh, pray blessing over our kids as they head off to Sunday school. God, we pray your power would be in promised land today. I pray um, your blessing on Shannon and Naomi as well. God, I thank you for their servant hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And if you're ever wanting to get involved in uh, promised land ministry and uh, be able to teach our young people, it's kind of a fun a fun thing to do on Sundays. You can, uh, again, just talk to me or you can talk to Leslie would be a great person to talk to as, as well. Hey, good news this week. I was actually just an answer to prayer. That wasn't for me, but uh, someone I know. I'm in a, uh, a pastoral mentoring group, and uh, uh, Stefan, who was leading it this week in his church, had a fellow who uh, was diagnosed with this brain issue that was uh, so severe, the doctors gave him a 0% chance to live. And they said if he got surgery, he had 10% chance of living. And so he came to their church, and they prayed for him, and he was completely healed. And, uh, yeah. And the doc doctors were just had to say it was a miracle, it was a real miracle. And uh, so uh, God does incredible things in our lives, and, uh, and it's good to know. And we have been talking about hearing God in a sermon series. And uh, this is part of this miraculous working God that we serve. He is not some distant God out there. He's a God who is real and is present in our lives. And he speaks to us. And this is what we've been uh, talking about. And today we are going to talk about the subject of prophecy. But before we do that, let's pray. Father, we ask that uh, as the subject is hearing God, that you would speak to us. And God, by your Holy Spirit, that you would whisper in our ears, that you'd whisper to our heart. Uh, God, that you would reveal to us those things that you want us to hear through this time. And so we give our hearts to you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we did take a break over Christmas, and so let's do a little review of where we've been. Uh, we began by looking, uh, talking about two things about hearing God. And the first one was hearing God, uh, for the most part, is learned. Uh, just as when we are born into this world, we have to learn the language of our parents, so too when we are born again, we have to learn the language of our Heavenly Father. And just as the older we get, the better we learn the language of our parents, so too the more we grow as Christians, the better we learn to hear the voice of God. We also talked about how it's to be a normal and natural part of the Christian life. This isn't something just review, uh, reserved for pastors and the elite. This is for all of us. Uh, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice. We, we talk about having a personal relationship with God. And could you imagine having a personal relationship with somebody who never talked to you? I mean, just the idea of this relational, he is, he is in us. He walks with us and he, he's not with us going, he, he speaks. And it's a matter of us just learning how to tune into his voice. And then we talked about the absolute most important piece about hearing God's voice. And that is valuing his voice and valuing spending time with him. And over and over we have said in this series that you know best the voice of those you love. Just as I could pick out the voice of my wife out of a crowd 
All these voices are going on. We can hear the voice of God when we know him well. We looked at Luke chapter 10 when Jesus came over to Mary and Martha's house. And Martha was busy, distracted in the kitchen. Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus listening. And uh, Jesus said this to Martha. Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary Mary has chosen the good portion, and perhaps what Martha was doing was, was semi-important, and, and we have a lot of important things in this life to do. We have work, we have family, we have bills and jobs and repairs. There's, there are so many important things we have to do, but there is one thing, there is one thing that is necessary. There is the good portion that we must not miss out on, and that is spending unhurried quiet time at the feet of Jesus, listening to him through his word and listening to him by the Holy Spirit. And we talked about uh, one model, uh, one way to do this, and this is not the only way, the only model. This is just a, a simple way, what I often do. And uh, that is to, first of all, set an appointment. Every day you just set an appointment to be with God sometime during the day. Because if you don't set an appointment, what happens? Ah, sorry, I was just too busy for you today, and I just couldn't really fit it in. We make appointments for all kinds of things. We make appointments, as we have said, for things we don't even like. How much more should we set an appointment with God for some time during the day? And then you meet with Him. And one way you can do is begin with worship and then spend time in thanksgiving, confession. Pray about what's on your heart and your mind so you're not all distracted and worried. Just pray about those things. You want to... Uh, do other prayers in the Bible, and then you want to listen and write. We talked about journaling. Now, journaling can be one of the most easy ways into hearing the voice of God. Because when you begin to journal, it, it just puts out all the distractions because you're focused on what you're writing. And I've heard a lot of times write out my prayers and my thoughts and what God is saying, and it's super, super helpful. So we talked about journaling, just journaling those spontaneous thoughts and asking God questions and writing down what you feel He is saying. And then we talked about how do we know it's him, because we may feel, I think that was God, but was that me or was that the pizza I ate last night, you know? How do we know it's him? And we talked about the various voices we often hear in our heads. We can hear God, we can hear Satan and demons, we can hear our own desires, and we can hear sort of the impressions or peer pressure from others. Like you might hear your mom in your head or your, your you know, someone else in your head at times. How do we know it's him? And over a couple messages, we went through seven different things. And that is that God's voice always agrees with Scripture. God's voice is loving, not condemning and demanding. His voice is always in line with His character. And this is just one of the most important things. That if what you're hearing is just not in line with God, with the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, it's not God. God's voice is sometimes radically different from our own. On the other hand, sometimes... Uh, God's voice echoes our own voice. Uh, God's voice takes practice, so be willing to step out and take risks. And this is, this is how we know it's Him. If you say, is that God or not? If you just sit there and do nothing, you'll never know. That's why we step out and let's see, is that you? Well, I'll take a step, and then we'll actually find out if it's Him or not. Sometimes we've got to take radical risks. And number six, you recognize best the voice of those you love. And number seven was confirmation. And we talked about sometimes God will ask us to do really, really risky things. And we talked about the more risk that is involved, the more confirmation we should get from God. And we talked about how there's nothing wrong 
with asking God to confirm what he has said, and he may confirm that in a lot of ways, which we talked about in that message. And today, we're going to talk about prophecy, because prophecy has to do with hearing God. Uh, I mean, sometimes people are like, what in the world is prophecy? It's this big fancy word that scares some people. Some people, it's like this mysterious word. It is really rather simple. I mean, at its basic level, it's this. It's repeating what the Holy Spirit has spoken to you about a person, thing, or situation. It's a human report of, d- of a divine revelation. It's as simple as, I heard God about a situation, about a person, and then I spoke it. That's what prophecy is. It's nothing scary. It's nothing grandiose. It's hearing God and speaking it out. And again, we've talked about how all of us can hear God. And as far as I know, all of us have a mouth that works. So all of us can prophesy. I mean, it is, it's hearing God and then, then speaking it out. A human report of divine revelation. And I just want to show a video clip, an example of how prophecy can be really, really useful in connecting people and bringing people to Jesus. Because it's one of the reasons why God gives us the gift of prophecy. And this is Pastor Robert Morris. I love this guy. I listen to his messages a lot. And uh, recently I heard him tell this story and I thought it was, I thought it was awesome. Having lunch, this guy walked in, it was a cafeteria, and, and uh, he came in, and when he came with his tray, he was just huge. I found out later, after talking with him, he was either, and I can't remember which, either Mr. America, previous Mr. America, former Mr. America, or Mr. Universe. So obviously, when he walked in the room, everybody noticed him. But when he walked in the room, the Lord spoke something to me. And so I went over to him. I just walked over. His, he and his wife were having lunch. And I walked over to the table, and um, I, I said, um, hey, I I'm, I'm, um, just don't want to interrupt your lunch, but I just wanted to ask you a question. I said, um, I said I'm a pretty perceptive guy. Um, have you ever lifted weights? <laughs> and, of course, he did what you did. He laughed a little bit. See, if you have a word for someone, be a human when you deliver it. Don't go over in the restaurant. I save the Lord. You know, don't do that. <laughs> it kind of ruins the whole thing, you know. So I just said to him, I made that little joke, and he said, "Yeah, I've, I've lifted weights a few times, you know." And so I said, "Well, I, I could tell you did." And and um, I, uh, I said, "But um, the reason I, I came over is because I feel like the Lord spoke something to me to tell you." And he looked over at his wife. And he looked back at me, and I said to him, would you mind if I told you? And he said, please tell us. I'll tell you why in a moment he looked at his wife. But he said, would you sit down and tell us? I said, yes. So I sat down at the table, and I said, I saw you as a little boy. You were sitting in your grandmother's lap, and you were crying. And your grandmother had a Bible, and she read to you the story of Samson. And she told you that if you would commit your life to Christ, he would make you strong like Samson. And I said, and the Lord told me to tell you that he's kept up his end of the deal, but you haven't kept up your end of the deal. Now, when you tell Mr. Universe that, (laughs) you want to make sure you're right, you know? But here's what happened. His eyes swelled up with pools of tears. And he said to me, when I was a little boy, I was raised by a single mother, and my grandmother raised me a lot. And one day I was walking home, and some boys threw rocks at me. One hit me in the head, 
I went crying to my grandmother, and she put me in her lap, and she read to me the story of Samson. And she told me that if I would give my life to God, he would make me strong like Samson. And he said to me, I told my wife that story for the first time on the way to the restaurant today. And he reached over and he took his wife's hand and he said, we need to commit our lives to Jesus Christ. And I led them in a prayer right there at the table. God speaks. God speaks. And I want you to know that God can speak for you. And so that is a, a form of, of prophecy, a, a word of knowledge maybe more specifically. But uh, this is a person hearing God uh, uh, for someone, and, and it's shared. And that's, that's all prophecy really is. And so let's talk about this. Uh, Numbers 11. This is uh, back in the Old Testament. This is when Moses, uh, he was tired. He was leading all these people uh, through the desert, and uh, he's getting burnt out. And God tells him to find 70 people to help him. And so he does, and it says he brought together 70 of their elders and had them stand around the tent. That was the, the, the tabernacle the, where the presence of God was. And then the Lord came down in a cloud and spoke with him. And here's an example of God speaking to Moses. And, and God does this to us. Uh, he, he speaks to us. And he took some of the power of the spirit that was on him and put it on the 70 elders. Uh, it took some of the, the, the anointing or the power he gave to Moses, and he, he shared it a little bit. When the Spirit rested on them, they prophesied, but did not do so again. And so these 70 elders began to prophesy. However, two men whose names were Eldad and Medad, and that, that's my, da- my name because I'm a dad, Medad. Get it? Yeah. <laughs> Eldad and Medad had remained in the camp. Uh, they were listed. So two of the, two of the guys didn't come to the meeting. I mean, they were, they were hanging out. Maybe they're still eating their lunch or something. Uh, they were listed among the elders but did not go out to the tent. Yet the Spirit also rested on them and they prophesied in the camp. And so the two who did not come to the meeting, they started to prophesy. They were hearing God and speaking out whatever they were hearing. And a young man ran and told Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. Joshua son of Nun, who had been Moses' aide since youth, spoke up and said, Moses, my Lord, stop them. We don't want them to prophesy. And there's still people like that today who just don't want anything to do with prophecy. But Moses replied, are you jealous for my sake? And then he says this, I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit on them. Don't stop them from prophesying. Moses said, I wish that everyone could hear God's voice and and share it, and I wish everyone could have the fullness of the Holy Spirit on them. Because back in the Old Testament days, there were only certain people who were kind of empowered with the Holy Spirit. This was his desire, and in a sense, this is a prophecy that, as we know, actually comes true. Because in Acts chapter 2, this very thing is perfectly fulfilled. This is when the Holy Spirit is poured out on the, the believers who are praying and waiting for the Spirit, the Holy Spirit falls on them. And the Bible says they begin to speak in tongues and other languages. And people can understand these languages. And some people don't know what's going on. And some people think they're drunk. And then Peter responds and says this. These people are not drunk. 
as you suppose, it's only 9 in the morning. No, that doesn't happen until after lunch or whatever, right? <laughs> it's only 9 in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. And so this is an Old Testament prophecy which he says is fulfilled in the outpouring of the Spirit. In the last days, and the last days started with the resurrection of Jesus, with the outpouring of his Spirit. God says, I will pour out my Spirit on all people. This is what Moses desired. Can't, I, I wish that everyone had the Holy Spirit. Now the Holy Spirit is fully available to everyone who asks. And anyone here in this room, if you give your life to Jesus and ask for the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, can be uh, filled with the Holy Spirit. And then it says this. This is the same part of the promise. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Again, Moses, I wish that everyone were prophets. This is now fulfilled. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit. In those days, they will prophesy. And so the spirit is pulled out, poured out on all who believe. And notice the ability to prophesy. The ability to hear God and share it is poured out on also all who believe. And this includes everybody. If you're a son or a daughter, if you're a man or a woman, then this is for you. You can prophesy and you can be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, there are some who get nervous when it comes to prophecy. There are some who, like uh, Joshua, say, don't let stop them from prophesying. Just don't want anything to do with this. And this isn't new. We see all throughout the scripture people at times uh, despising prophecy. We see a lot of this in the Old Testament, Jeremiah 11. Therefore, this is what the Lord says about the people of Anselmoth, or however you say that, who are threatening to kill you. Try that one, Anthothoth, you know, Anthothothoth. <laughs> saying, do not prophesy in the name of the Lord or you will die by our hands. And there's some people get really upset when they, they, they hear someone try to prophesy or whatever. We see that often in the Old Testament. We see this in the New Testament. Uh, people were despising prophecy. First Thessalonians 5, do not quench the spirit. He, he says directly, do not despise prophecies. But test everything, hold fast to what is good. And so right away, even in the early church, there were some who were despising prophecy. It's not just something that happens today, but right away in the early church. Now, why in the world would someone despise prophecy? The reason usually is, is out of fear or they've seen it abused or someone got hurt. And it's the same reason why today a lot of people are scared of prophecy. Don't, if you hear God, don't say anything because, you know, something bad might happen. I mean, despise it out of fear or they've seen it abused. But as we've noted in this series, the answer to abuse is not ever disuse. It's discernment and correct use. Because we have talked about how, for some reason, we isolate the gift of hearing God or prophecy or tongues. It's been abused, so don't do it. I mean, the gift that is probably abused more than any other gift is the gift of teaching. And we don't say, well, we don't want any more teachers. Uh, we don't want to hear any more teachers at all. No, no more of that. No, we just say, I want you to teach correctly. I want you to teach according to God's word. And this is no different than prophecy or hearing God's voice. We don't push it away we say let's just let's use it biblically let's use it right and this is what he says but test everything hold fast to what is good don't despise it 
but test it and hold fast to what is good. In fact, the Bible actually tells us that we are to desire prophecy. The very opposite of despising, we are actually to do. That we, all of us, are actually to say, I want to be able to prophesy better. I want more of this in my life. 1 Corinthians 14 says, Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Now this is actually a command. Pursue love, this is a command. Earnestly uh, desire the spiritual gift, especially that you may prophesy, is a command. Now how many of us are going to obey the command to pursue love? And how many of us are going to obey the command to earnestly desire to prophesy? That we're going to hear God and, and share it. This, uh, this, is, this is the word of God. No matter how much this scares you, how much in the past you've been hurt by this, or you just don't know about this, this, this is something that God is asking us to actually do. This is not the only time. Paul later in this passage says, earnestly. This, not just like a little bit, not just like, you know, maybe I could do this off of what. Actually earnestly desire to prophesy, to be able to hear God and to uh, share it when God asks me to. Now, every single person who follows Jesus can do this. And sometimes people don't desire this gift because, well, I'm just not a prophet. I'm not one of those people. It's for those kinds of people, not for me. This is something that, that is for everyone who is a follower of Jesus. We already looked at this passage that Peter, the fulfillment of the prophecy is that everyone, if you're a man or a woman, son or a daughter, that you can prophesy. We see in 1 Corinthians 12, and this is a question that some people ask, well, what about Paul in 1 Corinthians 12? Doesn't he say that only some are prophets? Let me read that text. 1 Corinthians 12. To each one, the manifestation of the Spirit, that, that's a spiritual gift, that, a manifestation of the Spirit is, you're going to see the Spirit working in some people, that, that's a gift, is given for the common good. Uh, to one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, to another message of knowledge by the means of the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit, to other gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another miraculous power, to another prophecy. And so here it says that God deals different gifts to different people. And then later he says, this question, are all apostles? And the, the answer to this question is clearly no. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? No. Do all work miracles? No. Do all have gifts of healing? No. Do all speak in tongues? No. And so people say, well, there's only some people who can prophesy, not me, because Paul says not everyone's a prophet. And it's true. Not everyone's a prophet. But all can prophesy. Not everyone has the gift of teaching, but you know what? Everyone can teach. Not everyone has the gift of encouragement, but we all have to encourage. Not everybody has the gift of mercy, but we all have to give mercy. I mean, we don't say, well, you know, encouragement is not my gift, so I never say good, anything good to anybody. You know, my gift is not teaching, so I just don't do anything with my kids. I just let them go, you know. Uh, no. This is with, with all the gifts. There are certain people who have the gift who just are really good at it. And you just see God all over it. And then there's just us sometimes. with our, we're just, we, just, we just do it. Uh, we can all hear God. Again, all Christians can hear God's voice. And we can speak it. And even if 
you can't speak, you can write it. This is something that is for everyone. Uh, every follower can prophesy. You may not have the gift, you may not be amazing at it, you may not be super accurate every time, uh, but all of us can do this. We see the same idea in 1 Corinthians 14. Paul says, for you can all prophesy, not just some, but you can all prophesy. He later says, if all prophesy, an unbeliever or outsider enters, he is convicted by all. And we'll talk about this in a moment. One of the reasons for prophecy is to bring people to Jesus. That's what it says right there. Uh, 1 Corinthians 14, again, pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. Again, God commands that we desire prophecy. Here again, earnestly desire to prophesy. Now, why would God command you to do something if it wasn't possible? Why would God say, earnestly desire to prophecy, but really you can't. <laughs> I only give it to a few people. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, clearly, every single follower of Jesus can prophesy. We can all hear God, and we can all share it or write it. Uh, and so this is a gift for everybody. And this is really exciting because this means that God wants to use you. God wants to use you to encourage others, to strengthen others. He wants to use you to bring people to Jesus through this, through this gift. Now, there are various expressions of this gift. Uh, one of them is uh, prophecy as words of knowledge. And that video clip uh, that we show would be an example of a, of a word of knowledge. That is this, that sometimes God will give you information uh, from the Holy Spirit that is currently true about that person's life. Uh, maybe a birthday or a name. It may be you know, an event that happened, like the grandmother uh, reading the book of Samson. And uh, we see various examples of this in Scripture. We see in Matthew 16, uh, Jesus asked his disciples, uh, Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answers, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. This, this was a word of knowledge. He knew who Jesus was, not because he was so smart, but because God had spoken it to him. And even if you think, well, I've never had this happen, it may be that you do, and you probably have. Peter thought that he came up with that. It was Jesus who told him, actually, that was revealed to you by God. And sometimes we just maybe, oh, I'm so smart, but actually it's God. So be careful about taking the credit, right? So God revealing to Peter, and he speaks it out. That's prophecy. That's, that's a word of knowledge. We see Jesus exercising this uh, lots of times. Uh, John 4, this is the woman at the well. He told her, go, call your husband and come back. And the woman said... I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. And this is what happens. When God uses you in this way, it brings people into reality that uh, this is not normal. God is doing something here. Maybe this God is actually real, because he wouldn't have known that. And, of course, we know the story. She receives Jesus as the Messiah and brings most of her village to Christ. And God uses this gift in this way. 
But sometimes when you're talking to Jesus, they're like, blah, blah, blah. You know, I've heard it before. I don't believe it. But when a miracle happens, when God speaks to you and you share something that you couldn't have known, all of a sudden it's like, how do you know that? Well, God shared that with me. All of a sudden they're like, okay, now i got to listen. Not, not always, but, but sometimes. I mean, uh, I mean, there are just so many cool stories of this. I mean, uh, Sean Bowles, I don't know if you know him, but he's really gifted in this area. It's like one of these more dramatic stories of this. Uh, he's this guy, he, he has all these ends with presidents and billionaires and Hollywood stars, but he was meeting with this billionaire, and they were talking about Jesus, and this billionaire was telling him, kind of mocking Sean a little bit, you know, I can't believe you actually believe Jesus is real today. You know, I, I believe he was a historical figure, but, but he's not actually, you know, a real person. And uh, all of a sudden, Sean felt that he was getting numbers in his head. And he felt they were, uh, God was speaking to him to share. And so he just started rattling off these numbers, and it was about 25 numbers long. And the guy's eyes just got huge. And he says, that is the number to my most secret bank account. <laughs> that only me and my banker know. And, uh, and he opened himself up to God and received Christ right there. I mean, sometimes it doesn't matter how much you argue with somebody, it's not going to get anywhere. But when sometimes God steps in and reveals something, it changes. I mean, even back in the day, Spurgeon at one time, he's a prince of preachers, he was preaching away. And right in the middle of a sermon, he stops. And, and I don't think I'll ever do this to you this way. But he points at someone and says, those gloves you have are not yours. Because he had stolen these gloves. And after the service, this guy comes up and he's like, how do you know this? And, and Spurgeon's like, God revealed this to me. And, and the guy, he totally received Jesus. Uh, this is prophecy in terms of words of knowledge. Uh, John Wimber, whether, whether you like him or not, uh, he's got some amazing stories. He's done lots of great things. But John Wimber at the time was on a, on a plane. And he was sitting and he looked across the aisle. And there's a guy sitting in the seat. And all of a sudden this name came upon his mind that he really felt that he needed to share. And so he leans over, and this is usually the best way to do it, is to say something like, does this name or this thing mean anything to you? Again, it's, it's not very smart to say, well, thus saith the Lord, in case you've heard wrong, right? <laughs> he leans over and says, uh, does this name mean anything to you? And, and he gives this guy this name of this female. And he's just like, he just turned red and said, we need to go talk. And the plane was kind of empty, so they went up and sat somewhere else. And this guy was like, how do you know that name? And, and John says, uh, well, God spoke it to me. And uh, it found, he found out that she, this guy was having an affair with this woman named this. And this guy's like, well, what, what should I do? And John Wimber's like, well, you need to repent and receive Jesus. And, and this guy was so shocked that, that God would actually just do something like this, that he repents. And he's praying this loud prayer. And people are, John Wimber said he's kind of embarrassed. Uh, but, and he repents and receives Jesus. And then John Wimber says, you need to tell your wife. And the reason he asked John Wimber to come up to another seat because he was sitting with his wife. And so he does. He goes back, and John Wimber's watching. He sits down, and of course the wife, wife is shocked and begins to cry. But this guy tells the wife what happened and how God spoke this name to this person. And, uh, and this guy actually leads his wife to Jesus in that moment. And John is able to give him a Bible and minister to them. But, but this is what prophecy and words of knowledge can do at times. Uh, that God can step in and just change someone's life through a supernatural word that you receive from, from God. And so sometimes it can be as words of knowledge. 
uh, most often prophecy is going to be uh, for encouragement, strengthening, and comfort. This is usually the way prophecy is going to be seen, and we uh, see this in 1 Corinthians 14. Everyone who prophesies speaks to men for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. And if you're often trying to do this and you're always turning people off and making people mad and they leave discouraged, then there's something wrong. The purpose of prophecy is for strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. Uh, Paul says, since you are eager for manifestations of the Spirit, of the Spirit, strive to excel in building up the church. And he's speaking about prophecy, because prophecy is meant to strengthen the church, because it is to strengthen, encourage, and comfort. We see in the New Testament, Judas and Silas, who themselves were prophets, said much to encourage and strengthen the brothers. And so often this may just be as simple as a word of encouragement for somebody, that you feel God is wanting to encourage them in this area. Uh, it may be a scripture verse you have, where you just, you're reading along and it's like, man, I really need to share this with somebody. Or someone's going through something and you feel that, you know, this verse would be really encouraging from them. That is God speaking to you to share something that's going to encourage or strengthen them. Again, many of you have already done this and you may not have no noticed this, but, but prophecy is to strengthen and encourage. And I've had uh, hundreds maybe of times where people have spoken words over me when I've been down or discouraged and they've just been so strengthening and encouraging when maybe you're burnt out and, and someone just saying, you know, God is wanting to bring you into a new place of freedom and strength and I just want you to focus on him in this time. Those things can be very encouraging. And so words of encouragement, strengthen and comfort. And if you're here and just time you're here and if you feel God is telling you to encourage somebody or to pass on a scripture verse, make sure you do that because God is wanting to encourage that person. And by the way, this is one of the reasons we need the church. I mean, you cannot be a fully functioning, empowered Christian isolated from God's people. Now, I receive a lot of encouragement, strength, and comfort from Jesus directly, but I will never receive it fully because God has designed us so we need each other, and often he is wanting to strengthen and encourage and comfort us through other people. I mean, when you're crying out for comfort, we get that from Jesus, but at times we get that from other people who have been listening to the Holy Spirit, and they come across you or me and say, you know, I feel that God just wants to encourage you today, and, and you just are built up. I mean, you cannot do this life on your own. We need each other to stay strong and encouraged and built up. And if you're someone who never engages yourself to a place where this can happen, uh, you never come up for prayer. You never try to connect with anybody. I mean, you're just missing out on what God wants to do in you. It's important that all of us be asking for prayer and, and uh, encouraging one another because that is, is prophecy. We can see prophecy as words of direction or guidance. I mean, there are situations where I don't know what to do, and you don't know what to do. But you know, there is a guy upstairs who really does. And sometimes he will give you the answer to what you're to do. But sometimes, again, this is why we need the church, sometimes he will reveal what we are to do through someone else. We see this in Acts chapter 13. In the church at Antioch, 
they were prophets and teachers. And he's talking about those who are especially gifted at that. And here we have people who are gifted at teaching. We have people here who are gifted at prophecy, even though we can all teach and all prophesy. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, and if you're struggling hearing God's voice, one of those things you can do is to fast. Notice God spoke as they were fasting, worshiping the Lord and fasting. The Holy Spirit said, almost guaranteed it's not some audible voice, but this was a word through one or two of the prophets in the church. Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So God gave the church direction through the prophetic ministry. And there are some times when, when you don't know what to do, you can go ask someone, uh, you know, what do you sense God saying about this? Again, we talked about this. Don't ask someone, what do you think about this? You always ask, what do you sense God saying? Because what we think sometimes is different than what God thinks, right? So it can be words of direction or guidance. And prophecy can also be uh, foretelling the future. God knows the future. We don't. And so sometimes prophecy can be really helpful when God shows us something about what is going to happen in the future. We see this in Acts chapter 11. During this time, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them named Abagus stood up and through the Spirit, again, he heard God say something, and then he speaks it out to everybody, predicted that a severe famine would spread over the entire Roman world. This happened during the reign of Claudius. So he predicts something through the Spirit, speaks it out, it's prophecy, and it happens. And there have been times when I've seen this happen in my own life. In fact, uh, one time I remember, it was three years ago, in fact, it was Lyle who came up to me, a little over three years ago, and I was pretty tired at this point in my ministry, and, uh, and he came up to me and said, God is going to bring someone in this time who's going to be a mentor to you and help you in this next season. And I was like, I don't know who that could be. That's kind of weird. I haven't met anybody lately. And it was just, and the very next day, I had lunch with Abby Napora. And uh, we just began to talk, and, and she has been an amazing mentor to me and has been such an encouragement in my ministry. I mean, there was a prophecy the day before, before it actually happened. Uh, a couple years ago, there was, a, I can't give all the details of this, but there was a fellow who gave a word to this church. And he gave the word, and I was like, that doesn't sound like anything that's going on in this church. But every time someone gives me a word, I write it down and just hold on to it and pray about it. But this one didn't seem to match anything that was going on. But within a few weeks, I mean, it just absolutely started to happen. And, uh, and, and so sometimes uh, prophecy can be a, a word about the future or a heads up about what is going on or what to look out for. Uh, sometimes it's a heads up because we need to be praying more. Uh, that we need to be resisting the enemy because the enemy is stepping up his game or whatever it might be. I mean, this is a really important gift to the church. And this is why uh, Paul says, earnestly desire this gift. Earnestly desire love. I mean, that's super important in church. But earnestly desire that, that we can all hear God, minister to each other, build each other up, and so that we might leave strengthened and helped as we go. And so one of the words... Um, ways that you can just begin to work on this is to just to constantly be asking this question as you're part of this body. Uh, Holy Spirit, is there any word of encouragement or strengthening that you are wanting me to share with somebody? And if we all just did that every Sunday, that'd be cool what happens. 
And it may be something super small. Again, sometimes you got to step out and take a risk. You're like, I'm not sure if God is saying this and, and, and to, just to share it. But, I mean, it might be a scripture verse or whatever it might be. But uh, this is something that, again, that, that, that you just kind of, like, again, hearing God's voice is learned. And being able to hear God's voice for others is, is something that you got to learn and, and work on and, and grow in. And next week, we're going to talk more practically about this. And this is how we can hear God in this area. How do we receive and give words of prophecy? Because there are some dangers, some things to look out for. There are ways that, that are more helpful for all of us. And, uh, and that's going to be the end for our Hearing God series. And uh, then we're going to get back into uh, the book of Ephesians. Because there's just been a lot of amazing stuff waiting for us in that book. Uh, things dealing with our sexuality, dealing with how we manage our time, uh, marriage, uh, spiritual warfare, angels and demons, and the spiritual battle we're involved in. So next week we're going to do one more uh, message on hearing God, a real practical message on the area of prophecy. And so if you still have questions about this, they will probably be answered next week. I'll leave with this verse. Colossians 2.3 says, Christ in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Man, I don't know everything. You don't know everything. I am not all-powerful. You are not all-powerful. But there is one who is. And his name is Jesus. And he loves you. And he wants to bless you. And he wants to encourage you. He wants to move into your life if you haven't received him yet. And, uh, and he just transforms us. And God if you have not opened your heart to Jesus, I would really encourage you to do that. Just, just, to, just to pray that, God, I just turn from my sins and I turn to you. God, that I open my heart to you, Jesus, and I receive you as my Lord and Savior. God, help me to follow you. Help me to trust you from this day forward. In Jesus' name.